Jeffs. This is Sarah and Therapy Jeffs here with the first ever, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, uh, episode of This Changes Everything. I'm very excited for everyone who's listening, but for also for us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, this was like a wildest dream of mine. And I have to tell everybody a little story about how we got Let's started. So. Many of you listening, maybe, uh, know me from the Brain Candy Podcast, where uh, Susie and I talk about funny things, and we talk about brainy things, and, uh, you know, we laugh, we learn, blah, blah, blah. But there's also, uh, you know, this other side of me, this therapist side, where, um, you know, I, I don't know, uh, get a little bit deeper, maybe, than, like, the silly side of me that's on the Brain Candy podcast. Mm -hmm. So, Susie, like, pitched me this idea. She's like, you know, Sarah, I think you should have a podcast where you talk about, you know, kind of, like, therapy stuff, talk about maybe relationships, personal growth, stuff like that. Because every now and then on the podcast, I'll do it, and I'll switch into Mm -hmm. this mode where it's, like, a whole different voice. And Susie's like, oh, that's it. And so, sometimes I'm like, therapy, Sarah, and, you know, regular Sarah. Maybe we need two different podcasts. So... Susie was like, okay, think of who, who you'd like to be a co-host. And the idea, po- like, it was so crazy. Jeff, you reached out mm-hmm. to me probably like a month before this idea was even mm-hmm. like, I don't know, swirling around in our heads. Mm-hmm. And it felt cosmic. <laughs> It was like, you were my first choice. I said, I know exactly who is the perfect co-host for this. I got so excited. This is the part (laughs) I was very excited to tell you guys about. I got so excited that, uh, well, okay, I was at a red light (laughs) making a left-hand turn, and I was looking at a text message that Susie sent me. It's on a dock, so it's Mm hands-free, but I was looking at the text message. I got so excited. I go to make this left-hand turn, and it's one of those streets where there is a median with some plants on it that divides the left and right side of the street. I went down the wrong (laughs) side of the street. I was so excited, I turned the wrong way, like, down the... Opposite, like traffic flowing in the other direction. This is exactly why you shouldn't text and drive or <laughs> yeah, shouldn't even look example. at texts mm-hmm. and drive. But I was so excited. And, the, you know, luckily the universe protected me and saved me from, you know, any accidents or anything like that. Nobody was coming, so we were safe. Thank goodness. And now I'm here. And thank goodness you said yes. Thank goodness, yeah, because that would have been like a really sad ending to a very scary story. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe we're doing a podcast here? I can't believe it. You were actually the only person that I reached out to. When I started to kind of like go viral on TikTok, I was just like, it's Sarah Rice. I want to be on Sarah's podcast, on the ah! Brain Candy podcast. I need to be a guest. And so I was like, hey. You, you like manifested this. We shit. both manifested this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love this. This is perfect. <laughs> it's meant to be. And all of you lovely listeners are going to get to like come on this fun journey with us and grow and you know maybe change mm-hmm. which ooh, <laughs> so hard to do but like yeah uh, also we always are doing yeah we're always doing it and it's sort of you know like it it's funny because i was thinking about this this morning while i was like trying to come up with a new tiktok 
where I feel like there's a lot of people that are listening or watching like the videos that I make and listening to the things that you're saying. And even though it kind of, it, it, it resonates and it feels like it's really good advice or you have these like aha moments when you're like listening to things that could be really good, like positive influences, still it's really hard to change. It still can yes. be really hard to change. So like the first step is kind of like, oh, yes, I need a change. I want to change. And then the second step of actually like doing the change is so hard to do because there's a lot of things that are like working against us just in our psyche subconsciously where it feels really scary to change. So I feel like this podcast is all about like identifying the fact that you want to change and then trying to figure out like what you can actually do in order to do the change. And you're going to get a lot of stories from me and Sarah about all the wonderful and horrible examples in our lives of when we've tried to change. This is kind of fun because, you know, as a therapist, I, I, I share or disclose like here and there when it's appropriate, Mm -hmm. but not really a lot. Like I'm not talking about Mm me in those sessions, obvi, because nobody pays to hear me like talk about me, but that's what I get to do on here. So I get to talk about all the things that I would love to disclose, you know, if I could. And because like so many times I want to be like, oh, yes, me too. Oh, I totally feel you. Yes, I understand. Let me tell you about the other day. Can't do that. Not going to do that. But this is a fun space to do that. So Exactly. Yeah, we were just catching up on even before we started Mm -hmm. about relationships. And we were talking about adult relationships i guess it feels like it's different when you're over the age of like 35 it does feel like that because you've had like a decent amount of relationship experience probably and you kind of like get an understanding of what your relationship patterns are and maybe even how they're connected to like your childhood stuff right so like and if you're like 35 getting into your 40s like and you're like really dating and you're paying attention you're trying to be really thoughtful you're like oh this is how I usually do it. Should I do it differently? Should I change? And it seems like yes. you're trying to be like really conscious of yes. what's going on. Oh my gosh. I am trying so hard. You know, I, I, I had, I don't know if it was pointed out to me or if I realized it, maybe a little bit of both. That's usually how these things mm-hmm. work. Uh, that I am the one. Oh, this was it. I, got ghosted Mm. by somebody that I was dating during the pandemic for a long time. And it was somebody that I had known for a long time for many, many years and yep. Friends with them before. And it was, it left me very heartbroken because I was just like, Oh my gosh, I love this person so much. How, how, how many times had you like gone out with them? When did it like turn romantic? Oh my God. We lived together. Oh, you lived together. Oh, Yes, we lived together through the whole pandemic, and then when things were kind of like the skies were like parting and things were Mm -hmm. like we were going back out in the world, we went to go sign a lease. I, you know, I was looking for apartments, Uh and uh, he, you know, wasn't as active in Mm -hmm. the in the hunt, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, hmm, what's uh, what's happening Mm -hmm. here? And he uh, he said, you know, I don't I don't think I want to sign a lease. And I said, are you breaking up with me? I was like, hang on a yeah. second. And then he never, I never really got an answer. But next thing I know, it was like gone and like, wow. I was out of there and he was out of there. And uh, I got, I, this is, I got blocked on everything you could ever imagine being blocked oh my on. God. That's the part where it makes me feel like a ghost. I got blocked on Venmo. Oh, what? 
I don't even know you could get blocked on Venmo. <laughs> that is, that's fucking aggressive. That isn't that. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Venmo and Spotify. <laughs> Dang! Thank goodness I downloaded or copied all your playlists before because <laughs> did have good taste in music. So yes, <sighs> I was. Very heartbroken because it mm-hmm. felt like I got – this was somebody who was definitely conflict avoidant, mm-hmm. did not want to, um, you know, ever say anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression it was a good relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was like totally blindsided. And so I was very heartbroken and I had like uh, – just I, – I kind of played back. I had what I like to call the feelings about the feelings, mm-hmm. which is like – I felt really sad and heartbroken, and then I felt felt ashamed or like like upset at myself that I I didn't see the signs or I didn't like mm-hmm. listen to my instinct and things like that. So I'm like upset that I even feel sad, mm-hmm. like mad at the feelings. Mm-hmm. And those because those feelings of love I had were so intense. And my mom told me every feeling of love that you create. Is or every feeling of love that you feel, it you create, mm-hmm. you you come up with. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I'm like I can this water bottle I'm holding, <laughs> I could create feelings of love for mm-hmm. this if I really wanted to. The amount of love that I feel is me doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like my own well, mm-hmm. and it's as deep as as the the intensity doesn't come from the other person. The intensity comes from your idea about the other person, how you see the other person, how you hold them in your heart. So you're kind of like the, the controller of, of mm-hmm. how you experience that love. So it, and I tend to dive right in, mm-hmm. in relationships. Mm-hmm. I often will ignore red flags because I see the good in people. I will just create it feels good to have lovey-dovey mm-hmm. feelings, so I think I create them and manifest them and, like, lean into them. And I like to, like, you know, like, I don't know, have, be, like, romantic in my mind. And often that's not even how it is in reality. So I'm, I am coming into relationships now with more awareness and maybe some walls up, admittedly, mm-hmm. and maybe being a little bit, not, like, withholding of, like, love, but... Being more, um, I got my hand on like the, the, the nozzle, <laughs> like kind of like l- releasing the pressure, releasing yeah. that love, like, like eh, in a more healthy, like little, little bit at a time instead of like full crank, <laughs> like full send, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think that's like a really good, fire hose. yeah, like an, an empowered way. To think about love and how you experience it. Because you're, you're talking about it in a way of just sort of like, I'm going to choose to love somebody. I'm going to choose to open up to somebody as yes. I continue to feel safe and secure yes. and building trust. Yes. Instead of like how we so often experience it or feel like we're experiencing it, we feel like love is just like overtaking us. And we're overwhelmed. Right. And we're flooded with love. And oh my God, this is so amazing. And we call that like chemistry. Um, when really you're, you're out of control, 
Right. Totally. Yeah. And and that like. And there's like a uh, candle burns like bright and quick mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. it's out. Yeah. And that tends to happen. And. Yep. You are. And cool. like. And like you were saying with your last relationship where you got ghosted, like because the love was burning so brightly and it was like flooding you that you maybe weren't able to see the warning signs or oh. the red flags. And I'm not saying this because I'm like trying to blame no, you. No, you're 100% correct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> A hundred million billion percent. And a lot of that is like what we're supposed like to a certain degree when we first start falling for somebody, we're like the honeymoon period is sort of like what we therapists might call the mutual positive projection period where we're like mutually projecting positivity onto each other. And that's how we build like security and stability and we feel really safe. And that's how trust builds. You have to see each other positively in order to feel like this is a good, strong relationship. And so those like little red flags or the yellow flags or whatever they are, you're not going to see them because if you do then you're going to doubt things you're going to pull away you're not going to be able to connect and bond with somebody but if you just do it too much and that fire hose is on blast like it was for you you're not going to see and then when you pair up with somebody who's like conflict avoidant and is hiding those flags from you so that you can't fucking see it first of all am i okay is it okay if i cuss on this podcast is this like hell yeah (laughs) I didn't know. Because, you know, we got, we're, we're, it's gonna, we're gonna talk about grown up okay, stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, so this is for grown ups. You know, we're gonna we're get a little grown, grown up, up rating, probably. Like, you know, I'll, I'll slap an explicit label on it. If we there. need, if we, if what I need adds? to, like, stop, I can, like, try to use different words. You but, are good. Okay, okay, I'm just. And until, yeah. Uh, until somebody tells me not Okay, to. okay, I'm glad we had this check in. But I yeah. really just wanna, like, validate. Not about repressing it. <laughs> So I want to validate your experience. Flow. Like this makes yes. sense. Everything that you yes. went through. So you're kind of responding to that situation in a really thoughtful way. And you yeah. have to be balanced. And I'm trying to like redefine what love means mm. to me. Like what is love? The actual, if you would take out the physiological, like the, the hormones, the, that rush, mm-hmm. that, that what is, that's really lust. I mean, that's like. That's just chemicals in your brain. Chemicals, dopamine, right? Oxidation. You know, like I, there's like the long term, like the, the uh, love is to me is more of like actions and doing and uh, mm-hmm. uh, me being authentic mm. and feeling good when I'm with the person mm-hmm. that kind of like tells me that I have those love feelings. So I am I, like... Going the slowest I've ever gone in a relationship. And this guy is being so patient. And he's being so nice. And he's so good. And I, like, try to find... I'm, like, looking. Mm-hmm. I am hunting for those red flags. Like, mm, kids collecting candy on Halloween <laughs> or something. Where are they? Where are they? Next house. Next house. Nope. Every house, no lights on. Wow. No red flags. That's good. That's great to hear. I'm yeah. glad that you're being like I really mean, conscious of it. Yeah. Like little like little things that are like normal things that you'd mm. you'd put up like you, I can just, you know, understand mm-hmm. and okay, but yeah, this is very new for me. This is so I'm going slow. I'm I mean, is slow. there something is it like it, it's it's great that you're moving slow and that you're trying to take this really balanced yeah. approach and like making sure that you have I tend to, to overcorrect a little sometimes, <laughs> okay. though. Are you, does it feel like a little – does it feel boring to a certain degree? Does it feel like you're not getting no. as much out of it? 
feels stable. Mm. Mm-hmm. It fat, I think, is is a thing that sometimes, you know, when you grow up in a lot of chaos mm-hmm. and you grow up in, in, I mean, I was on reality television yeah. for 10 years. That was like cuckoo, insane, crazy, <laughs> like uh, living in like, I, I don't know, with wild animals. I know. And I can't wait and, to like uh, continue to like kind of like talk about that or touch on that in future oh, episodes because so that strange. is such a bizarre like out of this world experience that was of course going to, it's going to affect your psyche. Absolutely. And it's, I, I think a big reason why I really knew I was, I wanted to be a therapist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was right in, in at the time where I was kind of like, what direction do I want to go in with school? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you learn a lot about people mm-hmm. on there, but yeah, I, I, in the same way that, that, reality stars are often, I don't know, these exaggerated versions of themselves Mm -hmm. on reality TV. I think because so much of my life was really open and exposed Mm -hmm. and I like felt like I had to be like that too, Mm -hmm. I became very open and felt like I had to share everything, even in relationships and, you know, things that were on television. I felt like I had to, that were like past traumas. I felt like I had to like tell people right away mm. because like it was Googleable. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I don't feel like that. Now I feel like my information is mine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, everything is, is kind of different. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. You were like, you were so exposed and everything was like, felt like really oh. transparent. Like everybody knew mm-hmm. all these things about you. You weren't really able to like control your own narrative because of the stories that people no. or the edits that MTV made about you. And like, you know, so like right. you were just sort of like being used as like a character and, oh my God, that's going to yep. mess with you a lot. So now it seems like you're like really reclaiming who you are and how you're presenting yourself to the world. And I love that for you. It looks great. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You know, it's, it's hard to do because, uh, uh, so much of our identity and what we, we know about ourselves, believe about ourselves, is formed by information from outside sources, Mm -hmm. information from the people around us. Mm -hmm. And when you're getting that from a lot of people, it can be hard to, I don't know, really know who you are mm-hmm. or even more than that, like make a decision mm-hmm. about the kind of person that you are and and kind of stand firm in that. And, you know, I would hear from people on the challenge and off, oh, there's no way she's really this nice. She's probably just faking mm-hmm. it. And then like after they do like eight seasons with me, they're like, no, she's really like this because like nobody could probably fake it for that long. So, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like if I just kind of let that get to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not like that. Like So there was a lot of me learning that I couldn't, if I tried to make everybody else happy mm-hmm. and tried to, uh, uh, I don't know, do what I thought other people wanted. Oh my gosh. I would be like, I, that's, it's a never ending task yeah. like that. I'm chasing the wind there. And I, I realized that it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. They can can it. And, uh, I got to do what feels good to me. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, moved far, moved far, far away from reality television and put that in the past because yeah. saw that as, as what was, you know, not good and and saw how how, yeah, it did make me feel very exposed. But it's got to be so. Like, I think that's a great decision for you to just sort of like get far away from it, start a new chapter that's not connected. But it it must have been like tantalizing like you were on it you were on reality tv for like a while there do you think that like you were kind of going back on it to be like well i'm gonna like show how i'm a different person or how i've grown 100 oh oh look at that (laughs) yes 100 percent. in fact my last season Mm -hmm. was the season the only season i was on where i was married i Mm -hmm. got married and right after they call. I I came back from my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They called me to do the show and asked me if I was interested. My now ex husband did not want me to go oh, on really? the show. It was like that's a bad Why? idea. Like you shouldn't go because he was like you're you don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had a total identity crisis there because I felt like. I lost my identity as Sarah Rice because I was now married and I was Sarah Patterson. Mm -hmm. And this was the, I mean, reason I'm not in the relationship Mm -hmm. now because I felt like my identity was kind of lost in there because he was a very big personality. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm losing Sarah Rice and becoming this person that's not me. Here's this opportunity to like go back and really like be me on that show. Like that is a part of my life that's so separate Mm -hmm. from him. And so I was on there to really try to prove, oh, so many things. And I feel like how the last season ended for people who know me from, uh, you know, the challenge, uh, my partner took all the money and I was like one, but left with Mm -hmm. nothing, which in a way wasn't the worst like thing to have happened because it really made me process a lot from it, made me think about a lot, made me kind of like, uh, also I, I was somebody who said, I'm doing it for the game and I'm doing it because I love competing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, here you go. Here's here's that, that first place win, but no reward. Mm-hmm. You still love it. I was like, yeah, I still do. You know, I like, I like the competition part of sure. it, but Man, is that a toxic environment, and man, does it make you question who you are. And so I think it it took me a while Mm -hmm. after leaving that to really decide, or not, yeah, like, like, Mm -hmm. recognize, I guess, Mm -hmm. the authentic person and feel like I don't have to be anybody else Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so now I think I'm like a little bit walls up, Mm -hmm. especially with the people I date. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I feel like, eh, you can just Google it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's lazy. No, I get it. It's. I mean, I, I remember watching the last season that you were on. And since you made it all the way to the end, like, it was a lot of Sarah. Like, we yes. got to, like, Ooh. learn and go on the journey of Sarah <laughs> the whole entire time. And also watch, like, a really interesting relationship with you. Yeah. And bananas, you know, like, and just being like, oh, this is just like, it was, it was one of the most like touching, amazing. That season is like by far a top three season ever for the MTV challenge. Thank you. It is good. And it was a great story. Mm -hmm. And I, those feelings that like the, of friendship Mm -hmm. and of, 
that's why I think I was so sad mm. because I felt duped. Like, again, it's those feelings mm-hmm. about the feelings. Mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, darn it. Why did I fall for mm. it? I tend to fall for narcissists. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, you know, Johnny Bananas, if, if yeah. he's not a narcissist, he's narcissist adjacent. Like, there's some narcissistic yeah. qualities going on. And, and, and almost everybody on reality go. television got yeah, a little bit of that. Exactly. Going on. And, and there's also kind yeah. of like almost like a healthy amount of narcissism to a certain mm-hmm. degree that like can boost confidence and ego. And if you know it and if you're aware of it, then you can play with it and you can have fun with it and you can have like <gasps> levity. But if it takes over and you don't even know it, make me feel very good. Yes. Yeah. Then that spells trouble, you know, and there, but there is something like really kind of sexy, interesting. Aww. The awareness of mm-hmm. it, yeah, that's it. Because the other, the narcissists aren't really aware no. that they're, yeah. Okay, this is good. <laughs> this is going to be. This is very helpful. As I am definitely aware of my narcissistic yeah. <laughs> tendencies. Good, you gotta be, Woo, buddy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I don't think that like the like folks on reality shows. I think probably more often than not are not super aware of it, and they don't know that they're kind of like leading with their narcissism, or you know what I mean. And I don't want to like. There's also it's some, something I want to try to be careful about on this podcast is just like throwing out terms like "Oh my God, he's so narcissistic," or "I'm so borderline yes. or bipolar." Like that's kind of like a not okay thing to do because a hundred right there are people that are very much struggling with these like real mental health issues and for us to just be like oh my god they like i have so much trauma like okay let's like take a beat and think about it so when we and but like narcissism is like a really interesting topic and i think that like the way that therapists understand it is sort of like you're either like qualify to be a narcissist or you don't but for me it seems like it's more on a spectrum and there can Mm -hmm. actually be like more like uh, like a healthy relationship with your narcissistic side. Um, yeah. But so often, like on reality shows or in life, like people don't understand how they're being affected by their narcissistic side. And there's just sort of like, it might not even be like narcissism, but it's more like grandiosity. And I think that like yes. in my family, I come from a family of there's so much grandiosity. Everybody thinks they're so fucking amazing. And really? oh my God. Yeah. And they all think that they need to be ah. like big stars and that they deserve it. And so I grew up in this family where I was just like, and here you are uh-huh. famous on TikTok. The biggest fucking star in my family. The biggest one. <laughs> Way to go. I love it. Uh, but like, I know that that drives me. Like, I know that there's like this part of me. Yes. that's just like, Oh, I want to be seen. I want to be on stage. I want everybody to love me or care about me or think I'm interesting. But if that like takes over, like it has with like other people in my family, then I'm going to be blind to like, I'm not going to be able to take critical feedback. I'm not going to be able to like apologize or say, I'm sorry, or be accountable to certain things. Like it's going to make it so that it's going to be very difficult for me to grow because I'm just like living in this like grandiosity bubble. You know what I mean? What do you think? Where do you think that comes from? Which part? The grandiosity. Like, how do you think your family... Like, mm. I have theories on why, how I got that way. Mm. How do you think you got that way? I think that... Well, I come from a very Jewish family. Oh, my favorite <laughs> kind! 
<laughs> Love the Jews. I'm a Jew. Yes. Uh, so... And in my Jewish family, there's like a lot of doctors and business people that are making a ton of money and their worth and confidence and who they are as a person is very much wrapped up in their success. Um, So they're not of value if they're not getting praised by everybody or everybody's like so impressed by their bank account or these big accomplishments or how much they affect people or make people laugh or the stars that they've become. So there's just like, that's been passed down in my family from generation to generation to generation. And, and, and the problem with like my immediate family of like my mom and dad and siblings is that we, it's gotten to this point where like, that seems to be sometimes the most important thing, like family or real connection and relationships is secondary it's like how you're being seen by everybody. And it's like the interesting thing is that like I, I wasn't really – I haven't been like in the spotlight. I like wasn't a really big deal except for maybe in my little Portland mental health community until <laughs> last year, September, when wow. I was like, I'm going to start a TikTok account. And now I have over 2 million followers. It's crazy. Um, so that is, wow. that's like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Like there's a part of me that's feeling really fulfilled. Cause before I was like very anti and I was like, I'm not anybody. I'm not like anybody in my family. Uh-huh. I don't have to be in the spotlight. I can just do my own thing and feel really good about kind it. Kind of like in, in a way that was like taking the high road. In oh my God. Yeah. And like in your, yeah. I, I was okay. taking the high yes. road. I felt like so much more evolved. Like I didn't need that sort yes. of thing. I could just like have my uh-huh. core group of friends and feel like I'm doing important work by just like talking to my clients, my 20 or 25 clients. Like that's the change that I'm affecting. And I feel really good about that. And then I played around with TikTok and I went viral all of a sudden. Wow. And all of my like stuff that like my family has been passing down to me that like you are worthy only if like everyone likes you. I was like, uh-huh. oh my God, this is addictive. Like, wow. I, it like ta- it, it, mm-hmm. it awoke something mm-hmm. that was sleeping under mm-hmm. there that. Exactly. And so now I have to be like, okay, I see that like something has awoken. There's like this grandiosity, narcissistic part of me. And also, but like who wouldn't feel that way? (laughs) Exactly. Can you expect, like, let's flip it around and play the, the, what would the opposite be like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you imagine blowing up and having 2 million followers and being like, what (laughs) if? No way. That would be crazy. Everybody, there's not a single human Mm -hmm. who wouldn't go Nuts. Yeah. I mean, I've got friends who are like, I got a couple hundred likes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. Exactly. Yes. And, and so we're, we're stoked on That's that. also an interesting thing about my relationship. So I've had a girlfriend for a couple of years. I was just telling you about this off the mic. And we've yes. like hit this sort of interesting part of our relationship where when she met me two years ago, I was sort I was like somewhat of like a nobody. I wasn't nobody knew me and I was fine with this. And I was also like in the middle of COVID where I was like, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just watching Survivor with Stacy every day. Listen, we were all watching Survivor trying to survive. Like that <laughs> right? that was yes, yes. very on the nose. That was it. Um and then in like a year into my relationship with Stacy, 
I blew up on TikTok. And she was like, who is this person that I'm dating? Like now all of a sudden Jeff is like really into making this content. And it seems like he's getting like too into like getting all of the tension. And all of a sudden, like I'm not giving as much attention to Stacy because I'm giving attention to TikTok and Instagram yeah, or whatever. In a way, you're growing a brand and business. Uh-huh. And she, she was like, this isn't who you were Like, you didn't advertise yourself like this on Hinge when we first connected. You weren't like this the first year that we were dating. So now you're, like, changing and growing and evolving. And the thing is, I'm I'm like, no, this is who I really am. Actually, I, like, took a, like... Yeah, the other version that you met wasn't Yeah, the other version was, like, a very toned-down version of me. And before that, I loved to work and work on projects and be really busy. And now I'm, like, working on projects and I'm really busy. But also there's all these eyes on me. Um, and so when I go out and I get noticed, uh, and people are like, oh my God, it's therapy, Jeff. And Stacy's right there. She's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's gotta be interesting when, when the person you in a way like sign up for mm-hmm. isn't the person that you right. get yeah. a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So it's that's a yeah. really difficult thing to navigate. And a lot of times in relationships, we like are sort of subtly, oh. slowly growing together. Um, but when one person all of a sudden grows in a different direction or goes in a different direction, yeah. it really can like cause waves. So now me and Stacey yeah. are trying to figure out like how do we get through this and can we get through this? Um, I don't know. So I'll keep wow. you posted. Yeah, that's a tough one. Ooh. I, there's nothing I love more than hearing about <laughs> updates on people's relationships. Uh, yeah. Are you one to take your own advice? <laughs> like, do you feel like it's more of like a do as I say, not as I do kind of thing? Or I mean, I selectively take my own advice. Um, I used to be really bad at it. Now I'm better at it only because like, and maybe you experience this too, but when you're a therapist, and you're giving like lots of great suggestions and encouraging your clients to grow. And then you go out into your own life and you're not doing the things that you're suggesting. Uh-huh. It just feels like you're really not being congruent with like yep. who you are as a therapist. That's why I had to get divorced. Yeah. 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 Also why so I, I got like, divorced. I yeah. T- mm-hmm. Look at that. Just two divorced people. <laughs> growing. Chit-chatting mm-hmm. and growing. Doing the best we can. That's right. Doing the best we can. Yeah, it felt very inauthentic when I was like, mm-hmm. here, you should try this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe think about it this way or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And I was doing none of that stuff. Yeah. So, And I think that, like, clients and now, like, people that follow me on social media, they think that I have these, like, wonderful, perfect relationships where, like, I'm a quote-unquote relationship expert and I know how to do it all. So it must be, like, a dream to be with me. It's, I'm just as messy yeah. as the next book. Everybody's yeah. a person. Exactly. The, look, here, if you were the best heart surgeon mm-hmm. that there ever was, mm-hmm. ever, ever, invented all the stuff, did all the things, you could still have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I had a therapist who told me, he was like, just because you've read a lot about grief does not mean you are immune to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I when I was not processing things and we still have you still have the feelings. It's I think there is a little bit more um, 
at least for me, I the way I fight has changed. Oh, a lot. tell me more about that. How's it changed? I'm much more aware and in control of my reactions. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can take a beat. I don't yell anymore, and I don't know if it's it's the people I'm paired with now or the people I attract, but I think a little bit of both. And uh, yeah, when when that switch happened, when I was even with you know somebody who maybe yelled a little more, mm-hmm. and I responded in a not yelly way, that upset stuff. It was like, what? That's not how you normally fight, mm-hmm. and you know they they tend to give more mm-hmm. of what they gave before when you react in, in a different way or oh, like yeah. have no reaction. <laughs> yeah. So I think the way that I fight changes, you know, I'm really listening in a different way. Mm-hmm. And me too. I recognize I don't like getting heated up like that. I don't like that feeling of being in a rage. Yeah, no, that, that Ooh. feels horrible. And I think, Awful. Uh, it's the worst. And when I was younger and I'd get into fights with my partners, with my girlfriends, like, I think that I would, I would try to win the fight, right? Yep. And I would try oh. to like, and it felt like winning to me felt like I'm going to make you feel pretty bad about yourself. Like, I'm going oh. to display how you were wrong. You're going to feel really guilty yep. about that. I'm going to let you feel that. And then I'm going to win, right? A taking a page out of my playbook or something? <laughs> And now, uh, I don't do that as often at all. And it's more instead of like, so you like get into this disharmony, you get into this fight and instead of like leaving it as like leaving it in this like disharmony stage, I'm just like, okay, how do we repair? Like, how can we kind of like come back and learn from this and feel connected again? And in order to do that, like you can't win the fight. You can't like try to be like I'm right and you're wrong. It's not going to happen, right? You got to like redefine what winning what winning means. Right. And like, what are we looking to get out of this? Yes. Do I want? You know, it's amazing how much stuff I let go too mm-hmm. when I kind of like I'm like eh, I don't really care. <laughs> right. Cause- Thing is, most most of the stuff that I that are the little things I do care about, I re- recognize it's just me trying to have control or feel when I'm feeling like out of control. Oh, but every now and then it comes out. I got upset at my current boyfriend. His name is Eli. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he cut the tags off of a, pa- a pair of shorts that I owned, that I bought, huh. that I was going to definitely wear. But I like don't like to cut the tags off of things until. I'm definitely ready to wear gotcha. them because, like, what if I need to return them? Mm-hmm. Something like that. But, and I got, I, I felt it <laughs> inside of me. I felt the little rate, the, like, who cares, Sarah? Mm-hmm. You cut the tags off. Of, and not even like the tags on the inside, like the, the, the price tag, right. the clothing right. tag, the thing that you're supposed <laughs> to cut off of them. And I felt like this, ah, don't cut my tag. And he's like, I don't know. He must have like, no, I must have. I thought I didn't react. I thought I, I didn't do anything. But I must have done something or had some sort of, of involuntary response because he later was like, hey, I'm real sorry that I cut the tag off of your shorts <laughs> when, you know, 
Like, he felt the need to apologize. So, I mean, yeah, that's a little on the control. Yeah, but, and, and he was probably doing it because he was just like, I'm going to do her a favor. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm yes! going to be a nice person. That is it. That is what I understand intention a little more. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, there's a lot of talk about, like, intention versus impact, which is a really good conversation mm-hmm. to have. Like, you know, you can have, like, really good intentions – but the impact that you have might be, like, hurtful or sad or upsetting to somebody. So there is, like, a certain amount of, like, accountability, responsibility that you have to take for, like, the impact that you're having. But also, if you're in relationship with somebody and you really care about them, especially if they're your person, your partner, then you have to really try to, like, get in touch with the intention of, like, oh, they just, yes. they love you and they care about you and they're trying to make your life easier, even though it felt like, now my life is not easy and they should have asked me and what the fuck right. are they doing? And I had to dig through the trash and get that tag out because I'm still iffy on whether those shorts fit me or not. Yeah. So a good relationship, though, is just like getting in touch with that intention of like, oh, this is my sweetie being sweet. It's okay. I try really hard to zoom out mm-hmm. and kind of have some perspective, you know, and I, 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 I try to think. If he's showing up at my house with pineapples, I can't be like, mm-hmm. where are the mangoes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got to be like, oh, how nice. You brought pineapples. <laughs> I don't like pineapples, but thank you for bringing them. Whatever. It Do is. you really not like pineapples? Yes. No, I love pineapples. It's okay. great. It's just like I just use that. that <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I don't know where I got this like pineapple mango thing from. <laughs> But I'll tell you, this is, this is cute. This is how I know that this, this guy I'm with is pretty fantastic. I went to summer camp uh, for a week. So I was like gone mm-hmm. and like radio silent. And there's no service or anything. He picks me up from the airport. And, uh, you know, we had, we had had a conversation, like a, a grown-up conversation prior about how like love languages and things that we need and like intention and impact, mm-hmm. things like that. And... I had used that example of like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to be like showing up with a basket full of pineapples. And I'm like, where are the mangoes? And, uh, this guy picked me up from the airport with a bouquet of flowers and a mango. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, come on. <laughs> is that not the cutest that thing is you've ever That is very heard? cute. Very romantic. A little, like, I kind of want to barf a little bit cause it's like too perfect, you know? So but it, like, I, and like, I didn't know he remembered. Uh, like, you know, I use yeah. that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, with couples I'm talking to, like, but it's not like I say it every day. I've said that to him like one mm-hmm. time, but it was he like, oh, I remember. That's that. how you do it. Showed that's him. how you do relationships, yeah. and it's that's also it's that something that nice. like. Uh, the Gottmans. Do you know who the Gottmans are? You a fan of the Gottmans? Yeah. Oh, do I ever yeah, we all, love we, them? We all love the I mean, man. And they talk the about best. this, and they, I think they call it like love mapping, where like you remember all these little things that like you love yeah. mac and cheese, and I went to the store, and you didn't even ask for me to pick up the mac and cheese, but I'm picking up the fucking mac and cheese, like yes. or the little, or or it could just be even like I went on an interview. You knew I went on an interview, so you came home that night and you made my like favorite dinner, and you asked me about the interview without me having to prompt you you know we're just sort of like picking up these small things and just like just like eli did with the mango and that's such an act of love and it's and it's subtle but you felt it and oh my gosh major impact yeah you're swooning i cried like a baby (laughs) 
And then, like, over the next four days, out of the movie, like, remember that time you brought me a mango and I cried? I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> and, yeah, it, that, it, it was, I was like, oh, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fantastic. And yeah. Those are the actions. Those are the, the actions that are, like, yeah, now the, That's it right there. I feel like maybe I might say L O V E. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Keep us updated. I know. Those, I I love that part of the relationship where like you know yeah. that it could get <laughs> into like the I love yous, but you haven't yes. quite said it yet. Yes. It's just like so. You're just like sw- right swimming there. in it. It feels so nice. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's a lot of a lot of great eye contact. <laughs> right. Right. Where it feels like it's like. Telepathically, uh-huh, you say. Uh-huh, yeah, L- lots of like, I so. really like you, you know, or you're just like yes. almost getting there, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's so silly that we do that, very. but it is very meaningful, and it is kind of like a, a I don't know, it feels like a, it, it's an important stage, important, yeah, yeah. important, exactly. Thing. Oh my god, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry even thinking about it. what's wrong with me. <laughs> I gotta pull myself together. Huh. Get your it's just, together I love, same. I just love love. It's, yeah, it's like, I love love like too, best. and I love that this episode has turned into love. This was not what we were supposed to talk about. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and that's okay. And maybe that's what every episode yep. is gonna do. Yes, and, but I, I feel like this episode is about like. Trying to be really thoughtful in your relationships, trying to be like, take it really slow, understanding like your old patterns, seeing if you can like disrupt them here and there and, and focusing on the small things and being really intentional. Um, those are. Tell me again, the name of that. There's, there's something that you said that I was like, I have never heard it, it referred to as that, but mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like a little baby brand new therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mutual Something, something in the very beginning of relationships yeah. when you're break. So, what is that like the normal people call it the honeymoon phase, yeah. but therapists yes. call it the mutual positive projection phase. Mutual, which is just projection. very on the nose because that's exactly yes. what's going on. Yes. We're mutually projecting like positivity when you bring in the representative mm-hmm. to represent you. <laughs> that's who's showing up to the dates, not like real you, just the right. representative. Okay, <laughs> mutual positive. Projection. Yeah. And it's important. I love it. If you don't have that, a lot of times we, we might go into a relationship and we're just like hyper focusing on the negative qualities. And if you do that, like I understand it, I get it. Like you've been hurt, wow. you've been through some, a bunch of shit. Like you don't want to, like. Yeah. I can always tell mm-hmm. with these people because their Bumble accounts or their Hinge accounts are written in a certain way where I'm like, I know that you're you're too angry still. You're too mad oh about the last God. one. Oh my God! It's such your your, pro, I your see profile. That all the time. Yeah, it's such a reaction to your last relationship. Yeah, and it's so oh obvious, God. and it's so, so unattractive. But I, I I understand where you're coming from. A lot of times, it's like I don't want drama. Like <laughs> you're yep. sounding really fucking dramatic. I was <laughs> like, I know exactly what your ex is <laughs> exactly. like. Exactly. Yep. Um, so it makes sense. Maybe like if that's what's going on, take some time, take a beat, maybe like don't jump into another relationship right away. Maybe there's something you need to think about or heal or talk to a therapist about. I don't know. Like (laughs) really be thoughtful about it, but I get it. Like you're going into these relationships thinking about all the things that like could hurt you and... And and maybe so there could be like a self fulfilling prophecy. Maybe you're like only hyper focusing on those things, and you're like making it so that like you're almost like influencing the person to act that way, 
or they're not even acting that way, but you're just projecting it onto them. Yeah, when you're like, oh my gosh, I look so bad. Don't even look yeah. at me. And they're like, what? I would have never. Oh, don't even look at yeah. the terrible zit I have. I didn't even know you had a zit until you exactly. said anything about it. Like, that's like a simple example. But yeah, we do that all You the do time. it all the time. But you have to remember that, like, in the mutual projection, in the mutual positive, mutual positive projection phase, the other person mm-hmm. is also projecting all the positivity on you. So all the flaws that you have, they're probably not really seeing it. Oh, that is reassuring and wonderful. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're doing it and they're... And, this and, changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> Who? This really confirms why those... The dates that I go on where I've... Like the first dates where I'm like, I'm not even going to really put a lot. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like we're going to go like minimal. Just be myself. Be mm-hmm. me. Yeah. They've been, I have the least amount of stress, mm-hmm. like, cause I, I'm like showing up as my authentic self. It, it does not change the, like how I am perceived, mm-hmm. whether I am putting in a shit ton of effort or, mm-hmm. you know, regular. Yeah. It all depends on like what they're, how they're seeing you, how they're viewing you, what yes. lens they have on. If they have rose tinted glasses on or if they're just like, oh my God, this is dangerous. In the first yeah. Yes. Yeah, so don't worry, guys. Don't worry about Just, it. Like, yeah, don't worry about mm-hmm. it. If they see you as like all the bad stuff, then there's your side. Eh. Yeah, especially you're at the there. very beginning when you're first starting to go on on like a few dates and they're like seeing all these red flags in you. Really? Like they're just projecting a like, whole really? bunch of stuff. Yes. They're like trying to protect themselves. Yes. They don't even know you. Like how can they right. not like you that much? Like they Ooh, haven't even gotten have to know that. authentic. Yeah. Yes, and you can definitely feel that out in the profiles. Mm-hmm. Mm. I cannot wait to dive deeper mm-hmm. into online dating. Oh, God, there's and so much there. There's so much there. We'll have to save that for another episode of This Changes Everything. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for our very first one. This is so fun and so exciting and so wonderful. And... Uh, I can't wait to do like a million billion more of these because I got a whole bunch more to say about relationships, change, and this, that, and the other. Any final words? Therapy Jack, (laughs) which is what I'm going to call you for forever. I mean, yeah, that's my fault. My name is Therapy Jeff on all the socials, so that's how people know me, and I'm fine with it. Jeff is fine. (laughs) Yeah, Therapy Jeff. Therapy Jeff. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> um, no, um, I'm also uh, just as excited as you are to continue our conversations about this. I love talking about relationships. I love talking about love. I love hearing about your relationships and talking about my own stuff. You're going to have to hear about that, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. We'll see you guys Bye. later. Bye.